So the title of the message today is Overcoming Discouragement. Overcoming Discouragement. I have a funny story to start out in the beginning of this message. George, who is age 92, and Edith, age 89, were all ex- excited about their decision to get married at, at that age. And so they went for a stroll to discuss the wedding. And on the way, they passed by a drugstore. And George suggested that they went in. And he talked to the man who was behind the counter. And he said, are you the owner? And the pharmacist said, yes. Well, he said, well, we're about to get married. Do you sell heart medication? Of course we do. Well, how about hose for circulation? Definitely. How about medicine for rheumatism, osteoporosis, and arthritis? All kinds. How about waterproof furniture pads and and Depends? Can't forget the Depends. Yes, sir. Hearing aid, denture supplies, sleeping pills, Geritol, and Insure? Absolutely. You sell wheelchairs, walkers, and canes? All kinds and all sizes, he said. Why all the questions? Well, George smiled and replied to the pharmacist, we'd like to use your store for a bridal registry. (laughs) <laughs> that, that alone can be discouraging when you think about it, what we have to look forward to in life. But praise God, beyond all of that is heaven, and that is where our encouragement lies, right? But life can be discouraging sometimes, many times. And we have moments in life where we will face discouragement, maybe You're dealing with some form of discouragement right now. Even as as I'm speaking, you're dealing with some form of discouragement. Maybe, you know, in any given day, we have moments of things that try to discourage us and things that try to bring us down. It could be a setback in your job. It could be something that someone says to you that is discouraging. Have you ever had somebody say something and they said, I want to encourage you, and they said something and it was encouraging, but... It ended up being one of the most discouraging things you've ever heard. I mean, it was the high and then the undercut, you know, under underneath it. Yeah, there's yeah. People have, you know, good intentions, but what they say actually ends up being something discouraging to you. I don't know if you've experienced that. I have. And it's so important for us as believers to tackle this subject and to get some victory in this area, in the area of discouragement, because discouragement is one of the biggest tools that Satan uses in Christians to try to get them to stop them from doing and being God's best. It is one of the, the greatest tools in his arsenal. And people, you know, if Christian, Christians get discouraged, then really it sidelines them from doing the things that God has called us to do. And so I want to just first of all go over the, the definition of discouragement. It means a loss of confidence or enthusiasm, and it is also dispiritedness. And then the second definition of it is an attempt to prevent something by showing disapproval or creating difficulties or a deterrent. Does that sound like something that the enemy tries to do in our lives is tries to create a difficulty that brings you to a place of being discouraged? You know, David had to deal 
with discouragement many times. In fact, many of the people in the Bible had to deal with discouragement. Even Jesus dealt with it. And in David's case, we read in Psalm 42, Psalm 42, verse 1, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan. Will you remember that? That is so important. That line is so important because Mount Hermon is the highest mountain in Israel where it has a snow cap. And it is the source of water, as he says there, for the Jordan. And so he's saying, I'm going to the source. I'm going, I will remember you, Lord God, and I will go to the source of blessing. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon me. And through each night... I sing his songs. Do you know that the Bible talks about a song in the night? A song in the night. When you have times of discouragement, where you have times when it's hard to sleep, the Bible talks about singing the song of the Lord in the night. Sing that song, and God will lift you, and your song will lift you up out of the discouragement that you are facing. Praying to God, and who gives me life, Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God, and I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. So we see this inner struggle that David is having, and he's putting it out there for God, and he's putting it out there for all of us to read about it and to see what he is struggling. And I want to ask you, in the midst of your struggle, where is your focus? Is it on the things that are going on around you? Is it how you feel, or do you focus on God? Do I focus on what people are saying? Do I focus on what the enemy is trying to say to bring me down? Or do I focus on what God says in his word? Do I dwell in grief about the way things used to be? Oh, I remember the days of old when we used to have revival and we had the praise and the worship and it was so grand and it was so great, but now look at the church. It's such a mess. 
And is that where your focus is on the days of old, the days of... That's what David said. He said, I remember when we used to celebrate. I remember when we used to have those praise and worship services that were so unique and so awesome. And now look at the way things are. Am I discouraged about my own failures in the past? Oh, I wish I would have done better. I wish I would have done this. Or I wish I would have made this choice instead of the choices that I made. And so you can so easily choose a path of discouragement based on past failures. But I want to tell you something, whoever needs to hear this this morning, that God is greater than our failures. Amen? Thank God for the cross of Jesus Christ. That when we go to the cross of Jesus Christ, it is there that we receive forgiveness. It is there that the slate is made clean. It is there that we receive the mercy of God. It is there that we are cleansed and made right with him. And it is there that we have a new beginning in him. So take heart in that. There is nothing that you have ever done in the past that the blood of Jesus, one drop of the blood of Jesus can't handle and can't take care of in your life and set you free. Amen? Amen. So in order to change and come out of discouragement, we have to enlarge our vision of where we're at in the moment because sometimes it can seem like, you know, it's so overwhelming what I'm dealing with and it seems so looming and so discouraging. But beyond all of that, we have to remember and place our thoughts far above where what we're struggling with right now. And we have to raise our level of expectancy, placing our thoughts far above where God is. And remember Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Amen. Amen. Some people will say, well, you know, if you think too much about heaven, you'll be no earthly good. I don't agree with that. If you set your mind on the things of God and the things of heaven, you will do some earthly good. Amen. Amen. I just broke somebody's, I shattered somebody's theology or something. I don't know. But, uh, but, but that's biblical. This is biblical right here to set your mind on things above Keep your mind in that place in heaven where God is seated with authority. And you keep your mind there, and then you can face the things that are happening on this planet with the authority of God. And you use your words, you use your mouth, you agree with heaven, and things start to happen here on earth. I heard an old hymn once that so beautifully described that it said, Heaven is a place where there are no disappointments. Heaven is a place where there are no disappointments. You know, remember, this isn't going to come up on the screen, but do you remember Romans 5, 5 says that hope does not disappoint because of the love of God that is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When you receive God's love and his hope, then it comes from heaven's side down to you and there is no disappointment with that. There is no discouragement in heaven. There's only courage and faith and God's love and his hope. Amen? Amen. So heaven is a land that has no discouragement in it, and that's where we're headed. That's why so many hymns of old focus so much on heaven, because that that was the, the site of where we're headed. 
and we need to come back to that. Okay, so I'm going to give you five things to do when you feel discouraged. Now, you may use these right now because you may be feeling discouragement right now, or you may want to write these down or track them later because I guarantee you there will be a time where you'll need to remember these because discouragement in this planet that we live on, this fallen world, discouragement comes almost on a daily basis. And we need, we need the tools to be able to, to practice overcoming discouragement and live in that because you don't want to be brought down and live in that pit. So the first one, and we see this with David, is first one is to be honest with God about how you feel. Be honest with God about how you feel. And the first thing you have to do with that is to first identify how you're feeling. And guys are notorious for missing it on this one. I have no idea how I'm feeling. And your wife says, what is going on with you? And you say, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, why are you acting the way that you're acting? I don't know. I didn't even think about it. And, and well, think about it. What, how are you feeling right now? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm angry. Okay. All right. So, God, I'm feeling discouraged right now. Well, and God says to you, why are you feeling discouraged? Do you know why you're feeling the way that you're feeling? Sometimes we walk around with feelings and we don't even realize we're walking around with, in them in a cloud. And then we carry that cloud wherever we go. And it starts to affect the people around us too. Here's a little side note. How about dealing with your cloud before you come into church? instead of spreading it to everybody else. How about get on your knees and deal with your feelings and be honest with God about them and get right with the Lord about them and receive his joy and receive his love and receive his hope and then come into church and start affecting people with that, with the cloud of glory, with his presence and with his joy. Amen? Amen. 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 And if look, if you're going through something that you need help with other believers, that there's nothing wrong with that. And you come in and say, hey, man, I am going through something. Would you pray for me? I'm in a cloud, and I can't even break free from it myself. And we say, amen, come over here. Let's have a little prayer meeting. Let's have a little prayer circle, and let's get you free, and let's pray over you and get you out of that thing. What, what caused it? Who, who said something? What did the enemy say to you that has caused you to, to feel the way that you feel? And there's nothing wrong with praying for each other in that. But listen, if it is every week and you're coming in with the same cloud every week, it's time to get some victory in that. It's time to overcome. Amen? Amen. Amen. So he said in the psalm, here's some examples. We just read them. My heart is breaking, he said. He's being honest with his feelings. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I'm deeply discouraged, he said, but I will remember you. He was honest with how he felt and he expressed those feelings to God. Be honest with God and be honest with him about how you feel. That is the beginning of victory in your life. To identify it and to be honest with God and tell him how you're, God, I'm feeling this way and, and, I, and I need to know why. And he'll, sometimes he'll, the Holy Spirit will show you why you're feeling the discouragement. He'll say, do you remember when somebody said something to you? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, you've been walking around with discouragement ever since they said that to you. 
Oh, Lord, what, what, so what do I do? Well, is that the truth? Is that the truth of who you are? No, your word says something different. Okay, so overcome, get over that, and declare the truth of who you are in Christ and declare the truth of God's word. That's how you get free. Amen? Okay. The second thing to do when you feel discouraged is to change your focus by worshiping God. Jaylena mentioned this earlier, and she didn't even know what I was going to preach on today. It must be the Holy Spirit. Amen? Change your focus by worshiping God. Worship God in the moment. And worship has the power to lift you up out of discouragement. And again, it goes to where your focus is. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. I feel discouraged, but I know that if I keep worshiping you, that you're going to deposit something in me that will lift me out of this funk in Jesus' name. Your focus will go from your circumstance to God who is able to bring you out of that discouragement. Worship brings you to an awareness of God's presence. God is here. God is able. God is a miracle-working God. With God, all things are possible, and worship makes you aware of his presence, that he is with you. Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. Oh, somebody needs to hear this today. He says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The one who spoke everything into existence is here for you. Wow. That is such a thought. He is so powerful that he spoke everything into existence. So I will lift up my eyes to him because my help comes from the one who made heaven and earth. That's some pretty good help. Amen? Amen. So we place our focus on him by worshiping him, and that will pull us out of the discouragement and give us joy. In other words, look up. When you feel discouraged, look up. Remind yourself that. Oh, man, I feel down. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. And God will pull you out and worship him. Amen. So, and then the third one is be obedient to God's calling on your life. So here's a funny story about that. Be obedient to God's calling on your life. So a wife came in on a Sunday morning to wake up her husband. She said, honey, it's time to get up. You need to get ready for church. You're going to be late. I don't want to go to church today. It's boring. And the people there are all jerks. And nobody is nice to me. But honey, you have to go to church. You're the pastor. (laughs) I just love that one. (laughs) Sometimes ministry can be discouraging. Sometimes... I, and I would never do I, I would never do that, folks. I, I always <laughs> be honest, Pastor, be honest. I, actually, I really do love coming here every Sunday. I really look forward to it. You have no idea. But sometimes ministry can be discouraging, and, but it could be whatever God has called you to do. Uh, God has given you a ministry wherever you are. You could be a mechanic. God has given you a ministry to 
be a light to the people that are in your shop. He has called you to what you are doing. And sometimes it can be discouraging. In ministry, years and years ago when I was a children's pastor, uh, we had a very large kids' church and hundreds, hundreds of kids. And I remember, I, was, I can't remember specifically what I was going through, but I think I was going through some kind of thing where the enemy was taunting me with discouragement. And, you know, because, you know, if he can hit on the leader, then it affects, it can affect a lot of people in, in how the ministry is happening. And that's why it's so important for you to overcome in whatever he's called you to do. But I remember a kid, well, every, all the kids are playing before service, and I'm feeling, I think I was feeling a little bit discouraged, but a kid ran up to me, hugged me, short, hugged me, looked right up into my face, and it was almost like the enemy spoke right through his mouth. And he said these words. He looked at me right in the eye and he said, why don't you just give up? And I thought, oh my goodness, the devil's speaking right through this kid right now. And I looked, I, I looked at him back in the, in the eye, and I said, I looked at him, and I said, look at me, look at me. I want to tell you something right now, okay? Are you listening? And I said it with all the love and all the gentleness that I could. I said, I want you to listen to me. I will never give up. I will never give up. And that's what we need to say to the enemy when he's trying to get us off of our calling And he tells you, well, you know, you should just give up with all the things that are happening. And you look at him in the eye and you say, hey, devil, I am not giving up. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can say. There's no person that you can try to use to get me down. I will never give up in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 And and many times over the years that I've been pastoring, I've had to remind myself and some of it can be the most subtle things that sometimes that people say, and they, they mean well, but they'll say something, and subtly the enemy is underneath saying, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, the, yeah, and whatever lie it is. And I've had to remind myself several times during the years that, you know what? The reason why I'm here is because God called me to be here, and he appointed me to be here. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter when people try to talk behind your back and you catch them. It doesn't matter when, for whatever reason, people will do or say something that tries to discourage you. You have to remind yourself what your calling is. And Romans eleven twenty nine says, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. The way that the New Living Translation says it, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. What he has called you to do, he designed for you to do. And nothing can take that away from you. In Jesus' name. So be obedient to what he has called you to, regardless of how you feel, regardless of the discouragement. Stay faithful, stay focused. And remember that he has appointed you, which really, when you say, well, that was really anointed, what you're saying is you're appointed. Anointed and appointed are synonymous. They mean the same thing. Anointed and appointed. 
God anoints you because he, he has appointed you to do whatever he's called you to do. And you can walk in that power. You can walk in that joy. You can walk in that victory and that overcoming power, knowing that he's called you to be right where you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. And then number four, stop comparing the present, what you're going through right now, to the way things used to be. And we see that David said that. He said, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Lord, I remember how it used to be in the United States of America. The glory days of old when there was revival and great church services and Billy Graham crusades and all of that, and now look at us, what a mess. If you focus on that, then revival will never come to you. But if you focus on him and say, God, I don't care where we've been, but I do know where we're headed in you, and I believe you for a revival in our day in Jesus' name, and I encourage myself in you for that revival to happen right now. Isaiah 43, 18 says, I love this. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, God says, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, hallelujah, and rivers in the desert. Oh, man, I'm ready for a revival. I'm ready for a revival. Who cares? I mean, yeah, the, the glory days, that was great. But what is God going to do in our day? And there's nothing wrong with taking notes about how it was in the past. We have a movie coming out we're going to watch about the Jesus Revolution. It's so exciting to see what God did in the late 60s and the early 70s with the Jesus movement. But, but if we get caught up in that so much that we get discouraged about where we're at right now and not focus on what God is about to do in our generation. He's going to do something. He's going to do something, but we have to be ready for it by faith. We have to be ready for that in Jesus' name. So look forward to what God has for you and and me in these days. And pray like it and worship like it because he's about to do something new. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, if we get discouraged and say, oh, man, look at this. What a mess. Then how is God going to, how's God supposed to use that faith? Because it's not even there. It's called doubt. And, and he, we got to give God something to work with. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, the fifth and last one. Stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Now, this doesn't mean to push your feelings down and deny that you're feeling the way. We addressed that in the first one, right? Don't push and bottle. You know, guys are notorious, again, for bottling things up, bottling up their feelings and not talking about them. But listen, when you are discouraged, you're, you're going to start talking to yourself. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and you hear it. You hear the complaining in your soul. Oh, man, it's ah, this and that. And, and, and you've got to tell yourself to shut up. Even use your own name. Hey, 
Robert, Robert, listen, listen, Robert, would you shut up? Would you shut up right now? Shut up. All right, and that's okay. That shut up is okay, all right? David, do you know David used self-talk in this Psalm 42? He says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And the New King James Version, he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you cast down? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Self, why are you being discouraged right now when you could be hoping in God? Stop it. Stop it. And start focusing on God. We've got to talk to ourselves. You've got to get military on yourself. You know? And, and face yourself off and say, what are you doing? And, you know, like the, the sergeants with the big, you know, ranger hats, and they, and they get in your face, and then, you know, that's boot camp, right? Yeah, that's boot camp. And drill instructor, and what are they saying, what are they saying to, you, to you when you're in boot camp? They're training you to go past your mind, to go past your feelings, yeah, but I, I, I'm so tired, Sergeant. I'm so, what? What? You're tired. <laughs> Give me 50 more, right? Get drill, Sergeant, on yourself, okay? Amen. Amen. So these are some practical things that, that you can do when you feel dis- discouraged. So... This is so important for you to hear. Some of life's most discouraging moments are some of the greatest opportunities for miracles in your life. I can think of story after story in people's lives who were successful that the reason why they are successful is because they had a huge uh, mishap happen in their life that would have taken anybody out. But they decided in those moments that they were not going to live in that discouragement. They were going to use it as an opportunity to think of something new, to pick themselves up and to say, you know what, that was a mess. That didn't work, but that was a failure. But I'm not going to choose to be discouraged by that. I choose to look up and receive what God is telling me in these moments. Discouragement will either bring you down or, or you will let it motivate you to do something better. Let me say that again. Discouragement will either bring you down if you let it or it will motivate you to do something better. And for that reason, discouragement is a choice. It really is. You can stay in it. Or you can pull yourself out of it by looking up to God. You know, in my own life, some of the greatest moments have come out of the most discouraging moments in my life. And I don't know if, if you've experienced that, but I've, I've had a few moments in my life where I thought it was just devastating. And it could be breaking up with the one that you thought was the one. Oh, man, your heart breaks 
and you say, man, I thought we had it all together. I thought she or I thought he was the, the best of the best, and now it's all fallen apart after one month. <laughs> and I thought this was it. I thought this was it. And there'll be, there won't be anybody else. And then as you go on, <coughs> as you go on, you know, love can be blind, they say. You know, two, three months go by and you go, oh, thank God that that didn't work out. Because uh, I'm seeing things I never saw before. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then he brings the right one to you that he designed just for you. And it's so much better than you could have ever thought or imagined. Maybe it was a job promotion that you thought you were going to get that promotion. Maybe it's, I've even had this, had somebody come in after I started working there. And I was doing everything I could to get promoted. And they promoted the person that came in after me. In this one particular case, it was my best friend. How did, how did you do that one? And we went out to dinner after he got a promotion. And I said, congratulations. Wow. Congratulations. And you got to try to be happy about it, you know. And, you're, and you're, you're, just, you're just crushed and you're breaking inside. Guess what it was? It was to be a deli manager. <laughs> and I'm crushed, you know. I'm thinking it's the end of the world. And you know what? If God has called you to be a manager of a deli, do it with all your heart. But later on, I realized that he had called me into ministry. And had I been promoted, maybe I wouldn't have heard God's call on my life. Maybe I would have just, you know, promoted and promoted and, and made money and, and not heard. But God knew. God's like, okay, I'm going to put this guy in here who's more qualified to manage than you are, and he's going he's gonna to bump you because this is not what I have for you. And we think it's the end of the world, and we're crushed, and we're, I was, I, I was crushed. Another one was Bible college. I, I went to, I flew out to Moody Bible Institute. They, they have an endowment where every student there is paid for for free to go to college. It goes back to the founding, back in the days of the evangelist, D.L. Moody. Some, some rich guy set up a foundation, and they've been able to pay off the interest. Through the interest, they pay off everyone's tuition. And I so want, I loved D.L. Moody, and I so wanted to, I flew out to Chicago, this is in my early 20s, I so wanted to go there, and I was rejected. They said, spiritually, you're great, but in high school, your grades were not up to par. So um, we're sorry, but we have to reject you. And, but if you go to a junior college and get your grades up, then come back in two years and you can finish out here at Moody. And I was crushed. I was, I was crying. I was bawling because I thought it was the end of the world. And little did I know, looking back on it, that ha- 